0: Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. I'm Declan, the son.
1: And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears.
0: This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser. All righty, Mom. What story do you have for us today?
1: Well, I have a story about a guy named Jack Unterweger out of Austria. Hmm. And I'd, yeah, I'd like to give a quick shout out to another podcast, a couple of friends of ours. That is the Crime and Spirits Pod. It's hosted by Bree and Suze. They are a true crime podcast and they also do uh crafted cocktails like we do. However, Suze is a bartender and she teaches great information about their episode cocktails. So they give history, but they go a little bit more in depth because she's actually a bartender and knows her shit. <laughs> Um, But if you enjoy our podcast with our boozy drinks and our uh, stories, then you will enjoy theirs, too. So I highly recommend them. Check out the Crime and Spirits podcast. And what story do you have for us today, Declan?
0: So today I'm going to be talking about the haunted island of Poveglia.
1: Oh, I don't know that story.
0: Yeah, so this story takes place in Italy, so I'm probably going to pronounce the names and the locations wrong, just warning in advance.
1: (laughs) Well, you tried.
0: To go with this story, I have uh, one of the most popular drinks from the area this story takes place in, and that's the
1: Aperol Spritz. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a little scared of the Aperol Spritz. Because when we went to Italy, I don't remember liking it. <laughs> I think you might so, have. I don't remember liking it myself. So we'll yes, see. Yes,
0: I think I liked it. But generally, an Aperol spritz is measured in parts rather than a specific measurement. So this recipe calls for equal parts Aperol to Prosecco with a splash of club soda. But I don't really know what Prosecco is, and I had a hard time finding it, so I got Something just some other kind of white wine. I don't know.
1: Oh, prosecco is like uh, similar to a champagne. I believe it's like an Italian oh. champagne.
0: I yeah. probably would have made mine taste a little bit better then, because I just I think I use like Moscato. I don't I don't fucking know oh. what the names mean. I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> muscato is a sweet wine. Typically. Okay,
0: so it, I was just hoping it wouldn't be like super nasty, but. Whatever. So I'm gonna give
1: mine a try. See if I like it.
0: Mm. It's all right. I like it. It's
1: not as it's not as bad as I remember it having been. So I don't (laughs) know if that's I don't know.
0: You're not a big wine drinker though, so
1: I'm not, and I don't like champagne, and I don't even like club soda. So all of those things might be stacking up against me, but it is a little dry and I don't typically like the dry things, but it's not it's not too bad. It's not as bad as I thought. I thought it was gonna make me make nasty faces like the Godfather drink did, and this one did not, so
0: I also put a little splash of orange juice in there just because it sounded good. So
1: Will we be good? And I did an orange slice in mine. Because that's mm. traditionally how it's served with an orange slice. So,
0: Oh, yeah. So I forgot to say that part. My bad. <laughs> so the history, uh, I'm going to give you the history of the spritz. Not particularly the Aperol spritz because spritz is like a category of drinks.
1: Ooh, so, a category. Okay.
0: In 1800s, northern Italy was under control by the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Soldiers stationed in the area felt that the Italian wine was too strong, so they would water it down with a spritz of water. This caused, oops, this of course evolved to sparkling water to give it a different feel. And this is how the spritz category of drinks were born. So basically, if it's a wine with water or sparkling water in it, and you add like, another type of alcohol to it, it's probably a spritz.
1: I wonder what other spritzes there are out there. Because I've only ever heard of an Aperol spritz.
0: That's a good question. I'm sure Google will tell me right now.
1: I just remember when we were in Italy, I saw it, and it's such a beautiful drink. The orange slice in there and the color I thought oh I am going to love that and then I remember getting it and thinking I was very sadly disappointed but I imagine it probably also depends on like what Prosecco you have in there because maybe that changes it I don't know
0: so they've got golden gate spritz which is made with Amaro it seems like they've got tomato
1: spritz uh, nope uh-uh
0: <laughs> yeah nope so just different types of spritzes out there
1: <laughs> okay would a mimosa qualify as a spritz
0: there's no uh, sparkling no. water in it it's just
1: oh. champagne and orange juice. It's champagne yeah okay not a huge fan of that either oh well. <sighs> you're crazy yes so, i am
0: in Hi, Italy been-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry go ahead Up with a lack of parental supervision do you know all the lyrics to the fresh prince of bel-air remember Merrimack mccheese and the fry guys have an inexplicable love for the california raisins can you remember madonna's original face then you might be a part of the doom generation laugh until you cry with us each week as we stumble blindly through the memories of the movie and other random things that doomed us to be the salty sarcastic sardonic ladies you want to hang with you know us you love us you can't f- live without us doom, doom, generation, doom generation available everywhere, everywhere you find podcasts <laughs>
0: In Italy, there's an island located in the Venetian Lagoon. This island is called Poveglia. The island has a small canal running through it and is currently uninhabited. However, it has a very dark history. The island had a small fort built on it, which was used to help regulate the trade in the area. In 1776, the island was given to the public health office of the Venetian government and the island was used to check ships for signs of the plague and house anyone affected. You The the island was used as a quarantine station from 1793 until 1814, and in 1922, the existing buildings were converted into an asylum for the mentally ill, and later used as a nursing home slash long-term care facility until its closure in 1968. So... Oh. Just a great place for that everyone wants to go to, right?
1: Yeah, and those usually have bad juju associated with them yeah. after the fact. So Yeah.
0: Quarantine uh, zones, okay. mental asylums, nursing homes. Yeah. None of those are no. great.
1: <laughs> no. Bad shit happens there and people die.
0: So the surviving buildings on the island consist of a cavana, a church. A hospital, an asylum, a bell tower, and a housing administrative building for the staff. The bell tower is the most visible structure on the island and dates back to the 12th century. The 17-acre island housed over 160,000 people who were infected with the plague.
1: Ew. Oh, Okay yeah ships
0: carried infected patients and infected bodies to the island and if you think the covid protocols were bad then think again most infected bodies were burned to prevent the plague from spreading and it's said that over 50 percent of the soil on the island is composed of the ashes of plague victims
1: oh that's not gotta be good yeah
0: yeah it's a lot Percentage of the soil that's made out of human ashes.
1: Oh, I don't know what that does to your soil if that makes it good or bad. I would think it would be like Uh, very bad. You'd end up with, I think, tomatoes there. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Those are some haunted tomatoes if you're growing tomatoes on that island.
1: 100%.
0: So, corpses and people too sick to move were thrown. ...into mass graves where they were either burned or buried. Mm. During this time, the island was is also used to execute notorious criminals... ...who are mostly executed by drowning. Which is a fucking horrible way to execute someone.
1: Oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. Yeah,
0: and... This was only the beginning of the sick, twisted, and fucked up history of Poveglia.
1: The beginning? Oh shit. Okay. So in nineteen twenty
0: two, the island that was once used as a quarantine zone for the plague was converted to a mental institution. And the doctor in charge was Doctor da- Damian Nikolovich, and during his time at Poveglia. Patients at the island reported ghostly encounters with those who had previously died on the island. Dr. Nikolovich claimed his patients were either delusional or possessed and used that as an excuse to practice his crude lobotomy skills or conduct other horrible experiments on his patients.
1: Oh, good lord. Yeah.
0: So the doctor must have felt guilty about the atrocities he was committing because... One night in 1930, Dr. Nikolovich threw himself off the bell tower at the church and splattered all over the pavement like a sloppy shit after eating un- undercooked chicken.
1: <sighs> oh, Okay, wait. However, I, Go ahead. Go ahead with your however. <laughs> I have a question.
0: However, a witness claimed that the fall wasn't what killed the doctor, but once he hit the ground, a green mist surrounded him and suffocated him.
1: Ew. How high yeah. did how high was he jumping from? Or
0: it's so a bell tower. Did he... They didn't say exactly how high it was, but oh. pretty pretty fucking high. Like if if you think, so. think of like a church bell tower, like
1: bell towers are
0: few few stories. are
1: stories, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I so a... hmm. okay.
0: A couple years later, the bell tower was removed. Well, sorry. A couple years later, the bell from the bell tower was removed and converted into a lighthouse. However, people who live close to the island report hearing the bell late at night.
1: Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy.
0: The island of Paveglia is now off-limits to any visitors. However, brave tourists can pay locals to take them to the island for a quick visit. Many structures remain on the island and are filled with relics from the past. However, the relics weren't the only thing left behind. Some of the tourists visit the island report ghosts and other apparitions. A few years ago, it can few years ago, a construction crew was on the island to try and renovate the buildings. However, one day, everyone on the island quit the job and left. They claimed that the souls trapped on the island had been too much for them to, to work through. So they just packed up their shit and left.
1: Peace out, man.
0: Visitors to the island report smelling human decay and can hear screams telling them to leave and never return, even though they are the only person on Poveglia at the moment. People have been scratched by something that wasn't there. They've had their shirts and clothes tugged on. And it's reported that if you are brave enough to spend the night on Poveglia, a cloud of green mist can be seen roaming the desolate island, which many believe is Dr. Nikolovich searching for trespassers.
1: Ew, I don't, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, so that is the story of one of the most haunted places in the world, it's considered to be.
1: So do you think that he committed suicide? Or do you think the ghost threw him off the bell tower?
0: So yeah, that's a big point of contention. A lot of people think that he was thrown from the bell tower, yeah. but... I guess we'll never know.
1: Okay, so he wasn't on the island and in the bell tower by himself. There were people that no, it, he was his abusing. Patients, his
0: staff, yeah. His, yeah. Oh,
1: somebody threw his ass off the bell tower. He didn't feel guilty for that shit.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right.
1: I mean, I I don't know the man. I'm just I don't guessing. Think want
0: to know the man? Doesn't sound like a right
1: guy. If you do a lobotomy which awful maybe we'll cover that as a brutal story as to why that was even thought of but uh if you do it one time and you decide to do it again how do you feel I can't imagine it's just the guilt factor I don't know that there was a guilt factor or if he was just you know, Probably like not. I kind of I kinda of wonder whether somebody helped him off that bell tower. They helped gave him a little shubby shove. Yeah. They gave him a That's little friendly way. push. <laughs>
0: You know what that sound means, it's another episode of Game For A Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Audrey. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, alright? Oh, wow. For, it Hansel it for Hansel and Gretel? <laughs>
1: Hansel yeah. and Gretel. You the DVD Yeah. Hansel and She basically has sex with it, somehow. Uh, it, foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, fore, she's chair foreplay. They, I mean, they knocked it out of the park, which is why it's my number three. Oh! oh! <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't be in it, because this movie doesn't have women. But you know, it's you one right. It has one?
0: You it would one. have three lines of dialogue.
1: No, three. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I'm actually gonna get like I actually get like I earn my 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 four sentences of dialogue rather than like here, I have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. <gasps> oh, anyway, we're oh, not Phoenix too. Uh, so no. so no. No. <laughs> no. no Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some Wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective ex-detective Phillips's dick.
0: Okay. But we don't. Okay. Hot I, I know all of those words were English, but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them, I, I'm right, lost. Right, not, I'm not <laughs> the them very well. For those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: So what do you have for us, Mom?
1: Well, I am going to tell you a story about Jack Unterveger, and it has to do with prison. So we're going to talk a little bit about prison. Prison is intended to be a punishment, but also an opportunity to learn from your mistakes and then change your ways. The hope is that those who have been convicted of crimes will be rehabilitated and leave the system to develop lives in which they can become productive members of society. It's always a good goal. This is a story of criminal rehabilitation and the power of education and redemption. Johann Unterweger was born in Austria in August of 1950. He went by the name Jack. His mother, Teresa worked in a bar, and his father was an American soldier. Jack didn't know his father. His
0: father was rough.
1: (laughs) An American soldier.
0: But his mother's Teresa.
1: (laughs) Ah, yeah. No, Mother Teresa, yes. Mother Teresa and God. Uh, But no, it was not. He was just an American soldier. And Jack didn't know his father the american soldier not god although he probably didn't know god either as we hear more about him but he had a rough childhood with his mother who spent some time in prison while jack was very young it has been suggested that jack's mother may have been a sex worker in addition to committing criminal activities including fraud she went to prison for a while for fraud when he was first uh, i believe. When she was pregnant with him, she went to prison for fraud. And then when he was like three, four years old, she went to prison again. And he ended up living with his grandfather for a while. Uh, Throughout his early years, he lived in multiple housing situations. Like I said, he lived with his grandfather for a while. He lived uh, with his mother uh, for periods of time. And he was also in and out of foster homes. So not a very stable home environment. To say the least.
0: Nope. Do you know why and when he, he was like bounced around so much? Was it like was it like a problem kid?
1: Well, no, there wasn't any indication that I saw that he had like when he was younger that it was it was most to do with like his family. He okay. he just didn't have a stable home environment, so he was put from one home into another to because that home wasn't available anymore. Uh, but. When he hit his teen years, he then started his own criminal activities. When um, he was 16, he started periods of incarceration um, for charges, including theft. So like petty crimes, um, like stealing, things like that. Um, But then he graduated to assault and he became a pimp. Nice. Yes. That was at 16. 16. Oh when wow. When he was 20. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, entrepreneur. He became a pimp. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. At 24 years old, Jack stepped up his criminal activity and he committed his first murder. Okay, maybe it's not his first. We don't know. His first documented <laughs> murder. I don't the first know if he got caught. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to say he did more before that, but, you know, let's just say that he had a a victim at, at 24 years old that we do know of because he went to jail for that his victim was 18 year old margaret schaefer and he strangled her with her own bra in 1976 jack was convicted of margaret's murder and sentenced to life in prison jack took the time in prison to better himself he learned to read and write which Apparently, before then, he was illiterate. He couldn't do those things, probably because he was too busy off committing crimes before that. So writing prolifically, uh, he, it included poems, short stories, plays, and an autobiography titled Purgatory or the Trip to Prison, Report of a Guilty Man. That's a title and a half there. Uh, Jack's extensive writing gained him notoriety within the community, and many people, including politicians, writers, journalists, and artists, petitioned for his early release. But Austrian law required him to serve a minimum term of 15 years on a life sentence because he had been convicted and sentenced to life, but he had to serve at least 15 years. He was released in May 1990 after he served the minimum 15 years, and it was to great acclaim for how he had turned his life around. So a lot of, like, all the people that were petitioning to get him out were super excited. They were like, this guy has just really turned his life around and rehabilitated, and, uh, you know, they were really saying what a great job he did. A statement from his supporters read, quote, Austrian justice will be measured by the Unterweger case. Unquote, and the governor of the prison stated, "We will never find a prisoner so well prepared for freedom." Unquote. I don't normally
0: continues to commit crime.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll find out. I mean, he (laughs) rehabilitated himself, Declan. He learned to read and write. He did such great things, and, you know, everybody said what a great guy he was. After his release, his autobiography was taught in Austrian schools, and his children's stories were performed on radio stations. So he, you know, was working his way up in society there. He was featured on TV shows discussing prison rehabilitation, and he started a new career as a journalist. His, one of his first assignments included coverage of some tragic murders that had recently occurred in the area. Over a period of a few months, eight women had been found murdered. All had been strangled using their own bras, and their bodies were left in the woods. Police yeah. were looking into these deaths and considered them all to be related to each other. So that was... Sounds like it. 1990. Yes, pretty unusual. I mean, people die, but you know, not everyone is strangled by their own bra and dumped in a woods. So really tragic and awful. But at least the police were thinking this is kind of too coincidental. So that was 1990 when all of those deaths were occurring. The following year, 1991, Jack was hired by an Austrian magazine to travel to the U.S., His assignment was to compare the culture and differences in the U.S. and Europe in relation to attitudes on sex work. Jack met with L.A. law enforcement and participated in ride-along with officers while being shown areas with higher levels of sex workers. So he met with the L.A. detectives. They showed him around. They said, this area is pretty common for sex work and, you know, we find a lot of sex workers in this area. Of interesting note, he checked into the Cecil Hotel. So he was staying at the Cecil Hotel. I thought you would like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, very interesting. He spent five weeks in L.A. working on his articles. During that time, three sex workers were found dead, strangled by their own bras.
0: Yeah, he definitely rehabilitated himself while he was in prison
1: wrote some poems so he's re- rehabilitated yeah <laughs> oh I mean. yeah i definitely doesn't I mean think, that he was bored right nobody i don't think anybody was you know it took a few victims but i think they finally fucking figured it out but uh eventually um So uh, while Jack was in the U.S., Austrian police continued gathering evidence regarding the eight strangled sex workers. This evidence led them to an arrest warrant for the acclaimed writer and rehabilitated criminal, our friend Jack. You know, our friend. Uh, He soon left the U.S., and he traveled around a bit. He, uh, For several months, he traveled to Switzerland, then France, and then he ended up back in the U.S. When he returned to the U.S., he agreed to meet with reporters from Success Magazine to tell his life story, you know, because he's rehabilitated and he wants to get some fame for that. And I think they agreed to pay him like 10 grand or something for his story. But... The reporters were not reporters, and there was no magazine. He was met by U.S. Marshals, who arrested him for the murders, and within a few months, he was extradited back to Austria. Laws in Austria are different than the U.S. and probably most other countries. I tried to look up this statistic, and I couldn't really find that anything to say that this was, you know— Just Austria. So if there's other countries out there who allow this, I'm not sure. I did try to look it up. But in Austria, they can charge you with a crime that was committed in another country. So he was also charged with the murders in the U.S. and one in Prague. Hmm. Um, Two years later, Jack was convicted of all of the murders and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. So we're not getting 15 on this one, but he accelerated that prison sentence the night of his sentencing because he hanged himself in his jail cell. So he's not getting out, and we're done with him. And he's not gonna write any more poems for children. Thank God.
0: Good. Uh- I kind of want to know what the poems are now, though, (laughs) because...
1: Well, um, I did read um, one of um, them, you know, the people that were saying he was so great and everything, and oh, he's going to be, you know, whatever it was, the face of rehabilitation for Austrian prisons. Um, They were all shocked. They were like, we cannot believe that he would do this. But uh, some of the sources that I looked at had like little excerpts from his uh, poems and they were dark, like talking about death and being like women, just nasty shit that people should have been like, oh, it's a little concerning, although maybe they would have thought like if he wrote about rainbows and butterflies, they would have been like, you're so full of shit, mm-hmm. but instead they were like, "Oh, he's talking about death and murder. That's normal. He's because just because he had done it, yeah, so I don't know. I hopefully they are not teaching his shit in Austrian schools anymore, but yeah, that
0: that's so weird <laughs> yeah
1: very weird, very wild, so. Well, do you have a chaser for me today?
0: Yes. Tell me something good. I forgot about it. but um, A fossil was discovered in China, and it had a dinosaur's head on a bird's body. Sounds a lot like a dragon to me, but I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I did hear a thing recently where dragons have been across like so many different cultural regions that Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain why it wouldn't be real, why it wouldn't have actually been present if they never existed. Why do they exist in the cultures from long ago over such a broad range but i don't know i think it'd be cool if there were dragons i would love to see a dragon i think i would be terrified as shit but it would be pretty badass
0: yeah it i hope i've always liked dragons so i hope that it, what they found is a dragon fossil but i'm not going to make any speculations
1: <laughs> was it you that was saying that they think that the bone composition of a dragon was different and that it wouldn't have fossilized.
0: Yeah. Uh Where did this... I hear
1: that? Was that you?
0: Yeah, I probably I it had to I saw you. it online. This guy I think he's like a biologist. He researches animals. His name's Forrest Galante, and he had a clip um blow up on Instagram uh like last month, him saying that it's very possible the dragons were real because if they were able to fly they'd have to have uh similar bones to like a bird. Mm-hmm. And birds have hollow bones, so apparently those don't fossilize very well. But yeah, maybe. so maybe maybe they are. Maybe they are real. Oof. Let's just say they are real. Dragons are real. You I'm gonna go for first, it.
1: Folks. Yep. <laughs> we know. We're smart and shit.
0: For sure. So, what's your chaser, Mom?
1: My chaser is an article that I found about Antarctica. So, scientists have made some discoveries uh, about the glaciers in Antarctica, and they used some cool tech. They used ice penetrating radar, and they learned that water can actually flow in streams throughout a frozen glacier. So I, I always assume that like a glacier was just a big chunk of ice, but they're saying that, no, there's actually streams that are flowing through them, but they're hmm. so deep down that, you know, you wouldn't notice it. Uh, and there's one particular cool one. There's flowing water that comes out of the end of a glacier in Antarctica and it flows into the lake The waterfall is super weird because it's red and it's called blood falls.
0: I was just about to say, I bet that water tastes so good. And then you said that.
1: (laughs) No, not that one. Um, It was discovered in the early 1900s. And when they found it, it was flowing red. And they thought, oh, there's got to be like some funky algae in there that that's what's turning it red. And it took them over a hundred years to figure out it's not algae. It's iron salts that when they're exposed to the air, it turns the water red. So, and I saw a picture of it. It was really weird where the water flowing out, it is a waterfall and it is red. Hmm. Because of the iron salts. So it was pretty cool. I learned a lot reading that article because I didn't know water flew through glaciers and I didn't know it could turn red.
0: Or it's runoff from the alien civilization that lives under Antarctica. That's their waste <gasps> runoff, I guess.
1: Maybe. Maybe. And that's where the iron comes from is the decomposing bodies. Oh, that's gross. Maybe. I don't, I want don't. To think about that. Nope. I'm going to say iron salts because I don't want to think about the other because it sounds gross.
0: <laughs> all righty well i enjoyed hearing about your rehabilitated prisoner
1: <laughs> super rehabilitative he wrote poems and shit declan Yep,
0: it's books <laughs> shit like that
1: yes <laughs> <worry>. come on
0: <laughs>
1: oh and thanks for uh telling me your story as well I don't know um, that I want to go to that island in Italy, but I kind of do want to go. I kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Let's go check it out. Uh, it seems so many places to add.
0: You got to pay some random guy to boat you there and just hope that he comes back to get you. Like, what if he doesn't? That... What if you just got oh. there? Oh, what I didn't even think then? about
1: that. That. Yeah. Oh, how no far is it? Because I don't want to
0: probably too far to swim you gotta take like i can't a swim player. that
1: far i'm don't know. i not a good swimmer mm, <laughs> i don't know all
0: right well i we think could,
1: that we could hire right. a guide and then handcuff him to our to our arms so that he can't <laughs> leave <without> us
0: <laughs> you gotta come with us now bitch right <laughs> all right, all right well, well i think that wraps us up i uh, love you it mom. does
1: today love you too bud thanks for listening and supporting our podcast We would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to give us a five-star rating, we would forever be grateful.
0: You can contact us at our email via thebrutalandbizarre at gmail.com or on our Instagram at thebrutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy.